Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the show, The Armor Report. It's a show about stock market investing in what I call the millennial age. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a live trading desk. I'm surrounded by computer screens, and I'm actively involved in managing capital, my own personal capital and that of investors, um, whether it be intraday trades or multi-day, multi-year investment plans. That's what we're doing here on this desk. All of the uh, capital is managed through interactive brokers. makes it easy for us to work with people. Um, You can follow us on our website, rosenthalcapital.com. On that homepage, what we've done for you is we've put in place two very visible, easy to access um, pieces of information for you on that homepage. One's called our real-time risk-on, risk-off monitor. We've made a big change to that today. And two, right below that, are a representation of what is in our model portfolios. We have three at Interactive Brokers, our conservative, our balanced, and our aggressive approaches. And so our relationships that we work with link their accounts to one of these three and immediately start using algorithms to help manage their risk while at the same time getting access to the fundamental research we do um, on companies, on investment themes, and building out portfolios of stock market investments. So that's what we do. Today's show is an important show. I talked to you on Monday about how we were getting close to making a major call on the stock market. Today, I've titled this show, um, The Retest of the December Lows Have Begun. The top is in, the retest has begun. So we're going to address why we think that and how we're going to manage our risk um, because of developments that have occurred in the last week or two. And then I'm going to share with you just, some, just a little tongue-in-cheek. Hey, i got to call you back. Great. i got to share with you just a little tongue-in-cheek here, but there's a development going on in China and the Trump trade negotiations that reiterate for us on our desk and in our minds, why the investment theme in cannabis is so important on a multi-year basis, but really on a short-term basis as well. And I'm going to get into that later in the show. But let's start with a discussion of our, you know, we have, as those of you who are longtime listeners, please forgive me. I'll go over this again for those of you who are new. We have algorithms designed for the volatility of the top five indexes that we follow to help manage our risk. So the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ 100, the small cap index, and then to a lesser extent, the momentum index. It's really those four that we use to drive our decision-making and to a lesser extent, the momentum index. And what we've done on our desk is build algorithms over the last six years, and I've been doing this, quite frankly, my whole life, starting in the 1990s, I was basically writing rudimentary you know, algorithms um, to help manage risk and invest in the equity market. So it's something, it's like a lifelong passion for me. Anyway, these algorithms have a high degree of probability 
the S&P being the highest, somewhere in excess of an, almost a 90% accuracy rate when we put capital to work. So what do I mean by that, 90% and putting capital to work? The way we use these algorithms, there's different things you could do as an investor with these algorithms. You could literally just put money to work using the algorithm. The algorithm tells you to get long the S&P. You go buy the ETF SPY. You put your whole money to work that way. I mean, some people invest in the indexes. They're index investors. This algorithm helps you outperform that process, and it helps you avoid major air pockets in the market. So it protects capital and over a long period of time captures the upside. The way we use it on our trading desk and how I use it in my own personal uh, portfolios is that I use these as a guide to help me determine how much risk I want to have on and how much risk I want to have off and whether or not I want to be short in my aggressive accounts. So because of these algorithms, we outperformed every index last year. We protected capital. The market collapsed because of the algorithms. We protected capital. The market collapsed in the fourth quarter and we outperformed. So, as I said on Monday, we're underperforming right now because our algorithms are telling us there's still too much risk in the market to be aggressive. It doesn't mean we don't put some money to work. We have some ideas. You all know our, our biggest individual investment I've told you before is iRobot right now. That's one of our whiteboard names. The stock's up over 30%, almost 40% since we put it in the portfolio like three weeks ago. So there are definitely opportunities out there, even if our algorithms tell us be cautious. I'll still put money in, in, in individual equities that are on our whiteboard that we think merit the investment and our algorithms that we've designed for individual stock purchase are telling us, yes, the risk rewards right on this investment. And then we have capital invested in themes. Like you all know, cannabis is our number one investing theme on this desk. And so when we find opportunities, we put capital to work. But we carry a lot of cash in portfolios throughout the month of September, um, throughout the month of January and February. We had a lot of cash in our portfolios because the risk at this point is too high for the reward we're expecting. Now, truth be told, the reward was a lot bigger than we thought. Right. Let's keep this podcast slash you know, YouTube video honest. I wish I had 150% of my money to work January 1, right? I mean, the market skyrocketed, much, ran up much bigger than we thought. But based on our calculations, the, the, the reward to risk was just too dangerous. And so we don't mind making some money in this environment, but we don't want to be too aggressive. And that's how we use our algorithms. Now, we're making a call today that our algorithms have turned more negative and so as the investor, you, you watch these videos, you wonder, how can I use this information to help me? Well, when our algorithms say that we're turning more negative, we're risk off. We've been, for the last couple of weeks, if you're watching our risk on, risk off monitor, we've been in a moderate risk position. We were risk off at the end of September last year. So highest cash position that you might want to carry, that's when you carry it. And even if you're a long-term investor, you might be willing to carry 25% cash at, at the maximum. Okay, well, that's when you want to carry it, to protect your capital. I'm more aggressive in my own account, but that doesn't matter what I do. You have to look at your own risk and your own approach 
And I'm just saying these algorithms can help you manage that risk. So what we're saying now is that we've been in a moderate risk position. We were able to capture some upside in some of our favorite names. And now we're taking profits off the table and we're protecting capital right. We're saying that the risk is way too high at this point. And the reward from here is way too small at this point. And we need to see another development in the market before we're willing to put a lot of capital to work. When I say another development, what I mean is this is not a call for the beginning of a bear market. The title of this episode is a retest of the December low. That doesn't mean it has to go all the way down to the lows of December. I mean, it might. Who knows? This market's volatility is enormous. We're swinging from pillar to post, depending on, you know, I guess, whether or not Jay Powell sneezes in the morning, what side of the bed he gets up on. So who knows? I, I don't know how big the correction will be. It could just be a correction in time. Market could just consolidate here for a month or two and then give us a whole nother leaping off point and we get aggressive at that point. So the corrections can be in time. They can be in price. Retests can be 100% retest. They can be a 50% retest. We have to see. We'll have to take it step by step. But let's go to the videotape real quick. Um, take a look at our algorithms. I want to show you why we are this negative and what, just to give you a visual representation of what we're looking at. Okay, I'm going to share with you, share with everybody, there's the screen. Okay, you're looking right now at a 60-minute chart of the S&P 500 with the ETF SPY as our tool. The red dashed line up top, you could see, hopefully you can see my hand here too, this little hand. You can see this is where the market peaked. In October, it peaked in November, it peaked in December. Then the market cratered, and now we've recovered all the way back to that price point. So clearly, this is the resistance. It's never been so obvious you know, in all creation, it's just like the most obvious retrace right back to the resistance. And now let's flip through the other charts. Now you're looking at the NASDAQ 100, absolutely identical. Now you're looking at the Dow Jones Industrial, absolutely identical. A rally back to the highs right before the collapse of December. And now here, of course, is the small caps. Small caps, while they've led the rally, everyone likes to say on CNBC that small caps are leading the rally, so that's real great for the market. But take a look at this. Small caps are the only index still trading below the 200-day moving average. The 200-day, we're looking at the S&P now. The 200-day is that green line right here. Can you see my arrow there, guys? That green line is the 200-day moving average. So you can see every index is above it with the exception of small caps. So they're not really outperforming. They've, out, they've had a big rally because they had the biggest sell-off 
here we are with a major test of resistance, a double top in place pretty much over the most of the month of February, the latter half of February at least. And now we're, we're beginning to break down. All right, so there's visual representation of why our algorithms are telling us to raise cash and be defensive. All right, back to yours truly. Okay, um, now let's talk fundamentals for a minute about why, you know, I, what we love to look for in our trading desk is confluence. We're looking at confluence of events, when technical information, algorithmic situation, and fundamentals all come together. That's your biggest opportunities usually in either direction. So technically, we've retraced and we're right back to resistance, and everybody can see that in the world. That's a positive and a negative. When everyone sees it, very often you'll run all those stops, right? So if a lot of guys are putting shorts in, boom, they're going to get blown out. It's possible. Market could break out above that, the, the, that resistance and then reverse and implode. That happens a lot of the time. So you have to just take that, with, you know, the, the, you just have to understand that's how the market works. And you can't be discouraged if that happens. We certainly won't be. We're short right now. The market breaks out above the tops. We're covering our short immediately. And if it reverses the next day, we'll put those shorts back on. If it skyrockets, I mean, great. We'll be long whatever we're long in the portfolio. Maybe we'll add some to it if we break out above that resistance and it's able to sustain for more than a day or two. Um, but we'll get to that in a, you know, if that ever occurs. Right now, what we have is a very negative market. We have a, a run right up to retest resistance and a rolling over that's occurring in every index. We also love confluence. When every index looks the same, that's when your biggest moves happen on an intraday basis and on a multi-day basis. So you can see on those charts, they're all almost identical. If I covered the, the stock symbol, you wouldn't necessarily know right away which one it was. They all look the same. And they're all rolling over. And so what's the fundamentals? I'm going to boil it down for you. Okay. I'm going to give you chapter and verse. What puts the stock market up is a Federal Reserve that's nice to the market. What's nice mean? Not raising rates, not reducing the balance sheet, adding liquidity, lowering rates. These are all words, phrases that are positive for the stock market. What's negative for the stock market is the Fed's reducing its balance sheet. The Fed's raising rates. The Fed's normalizing. Okay, these are things that are negative. You could argue that the market imploded in September because the Fed was making comments that were very hawkish or negative to the market. And after the collapse occurred, stocks were off 20% from their highs in a very short period of time. The Fed started to walk back that hawkish approach. Anybody remember how September of last year, people were projecting four rate hikes this year. Now people are literally, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but the market is now suggesting there'll be two rate cuts this year. 
which was right. The forecasters were totally wrong in September, right? They were sure we we're going to get four rate hikes in 2019. Now they are all sure that we're going to have two rate cuts before the end of the year. Do you see what I'm getting at? Nobody knows anything, and the market swings based on their expectations of what Chairman Powell might have for breakfast. Very risky market, very difficult market to invest in. We're at the very top of a channel now. Everybody's focused on Trump and China and trade. I submit to you that there is no good uh, there is no good piece of news that can come out of that Trump trade negotiation for market participants, for stock market investors. There's no good piece of news. Okay. First of all, the market is not up because Trump might cut a deal with China. That is not why the market's up. Okay. Please don't listen to what you hear on TV. It's idiocy. But the market will. So you say, why is it up? It's up because the Fed in December said that they weren't going to raise rates this year, said that they were going to wait. They're going to see what the economic numbers are. They're going to be patient. They're close to normalization. They said all these nice things that got the short sellers to cover and for the market to recover. That's why the market's up, not because what Trump might do with Xi. Now, look, if there's a trade deal cut tonight and the market's up 2%, don't yell at me, all right? I'm not talking about a one-day event. The market could easily be up 2% the day the deal is cut. But I submit to you, by the end of that day, the market will be down and or by the end of the week, the market will be down for the simple reason that markets love to sell the news. I've been doing this 30 years. This is a simple, it's not even a gift. If you've been doing this at all, if you've been investing at all in your life, you know markets sell the news. They've run right up until, woohoo, Trump's going to cut a deal with Xi. So what possible piece of news could come out now that will put the market up? Algorithms are telling us markets are rolling over. Traditional technical analysis tells us we're in trouble. And the reward to risk at this point is completely out of whack. What possible reward will come from an announcement that everyone's expecting? You see what I'm saying? But what are the risks? Twofold. Number one, everybody loves to pick apart what Trump does. So for him to actually cut a deal that everybody likes, that everyone will get excited about, would be unbelievable. It would be the first time in history. It's probably not just Trump either, probably any president. So it'll be picked apart no matter what he does. which will lead to disappointment, and which is why people sell on the news. Here's the other thing, and this is more important to a multi-day, multi-week, multi-month stock market. If Trump cuts a deal, lifts tariffs, and the economy picks up from that, what do you think the Fed's going to do? Hmm? Do you think that market participants will still expect the Fed to cut rates twice this year? If a trade deal is cut that's beneficial to the economy, 
that will allow the Fed to continue to normalize, continue to raise rates, continue to reduce the balance sheet. Those are all things that tanked the market last year. So the risks are high and the reward from an announcement of a deal is minimal. And this explains fundamentally why our algorithms are telling us to be cautious here. Now, our algorithms don't know any of this, by the way. Our algorithms are using statistics and probability to come up with um, suggestions of direction. But I love confluence. I love when it makes sense. I get it. We're on the cusp of a great trade deal. But really, for investors, it's not a winner no matter which way you look at it. Lifting tariffs is great. I'm not saying the market can't go up for a day or two on the news. It may. It may. It probably will. But over the longer period, over the next X amount of weeks, that will lay the groundwork for the Fed to be more hawkish. And that's a killer in this market. So now, I'm not saying this is a bear market, although I do call it stalking the bear because it's kind of fun, but I might have to shift away from that. It's not necessarily a bear market. But we could be in a massive range. We're at the top of the range now because the Fed is most dovish. And we'll make our way down to the bottom of the range as the Fed gets more hawkish. And we stay in this very difficult market until the Fed, quote, normalizes and we get into a different type of environment. So risks are very high here. And this concludes this part of the, of the podcast. I hope you understand why. We're taking the positions we're taking. And we're aggressively short right now. And we're making money. Markets, you know, markets are getting hammered right now. We got aggressively short on Monday. We told you we might be doing that by the end of the day, and we did. The markets are extending lower today, so we're making money. We have our stops in place. You have to have tight stops if you short. I do not recommend most people short. It's very difficult. It's just as well for you to sit in cash and be defensive and hold a big cash position and buy your favorite names, do your homework, do research. Now I'm going to end this podcast and this video with my thoughts about uh, cannabis. And it's a little tongue in cheek, but you know, I love cannabis. I'm always looking for reasons to own, uh, own this space, which could be dangerous for an investor. Um, but we've had some interesting announcements the last couple of days. You saw yesterday, maybe that the whole group went through the roof when, Cowan and company upgraded um, um, Aurora ACB, made it their favorite pick. This is one of my favorite picks as well. Um, our top four names in the portfolio are uh, Canopy, Kronos, Telray, and Aurora. We have a bunch of other names, but those are the top four big names that you can focus on. And I agree with everything that um, uh, Cowan has to say, but the real importance here for um, cannabis investors when it comes to an announcement like that, it's not really that the analyst is making an announcement. It's that there are more and more analysts starting to cover the space now. We're at the beginning of upgrade cycles. We're at the beginning of institutions doing research and moving capital into this space. This is why I've said in the past, and I've created a playlist of YouTube videos just for you about cannabis, that we are at the very beginning of a cannabis investing super cycle. Now, there's going to be ups and downs and the bumps along the road. I'll give you a little hint of one of the bumps. 
And Cowan and company makes a good point about this if you read the report. They list Aurora as their favorite pick. So it's, it's replaced Canopy as their favorite pick. But they do admit that Aurora is going to need to raise capital in the coming quarters. And Canopy, because of their investment from Constellation Brands, does not. Now, it's possible, you know, last year the rumor was Coca-Cola was going to invest in Aurora. I, I, don't, I don't have any idea whether or not that's true. And Coke has come out and vehemently denied it. So take that for what it's worth. But at some point, this industry is going to have to go through a capital raise. So we're at the sweet spot right now where, let me explain to you how Wall Street works, okay? This is, this is the, not just, it's not cynical, this is just fact. Um, analysts pick up coverage of company A and recommend purchase of company A for the purpose of becoming very friendly with the management team of company A. Stock price goes up. Company A does a secondary announcement. They say, we're going to raise more capital. We're going to dilute equity shareholders. Oh, ooh, guess who's the lead on the deal? It's Cowan and company. The guy who recommended us four or five months ago when the stock was nine. You see what I'm saying? So that's how the business is done. Right now, we're at the very beginning, and these companies have some cash. But it's also why we focus on Canopy and Kronos. These guys have billions of dollars being put in from outside sources that are not diluting shareholders. Some of these other names, you got to be careful. And Cowan does a good job. i got to commend them for being honest. Aurora's going to need money, maybe six months from now. And Cowan's laying the groundwork, making them a top pick. I guarantee Cowan will be part of the underwriting committee. But anyway, so I'm going to end with this thought. Trump, she, why does that help cannabis companies? Look, it may not. If the whole market implodes, every stock goes down as the market's imploding. Don't make any mistakes about that. Okay, when the market implodes like it did in September, October, November, December, everything got wrecked. Remember how they wrecked the cannabis stocks then? So they could probably wreck them. So this is like, this is tongue in cheek. But the fact is, money appears to be rotating into investments that do not have any impact from the Trump China announcement. And cannabis doesn't care at all what happens between Trump and China. That investment cycle is new. And it is not at all impacted by what's going on between Trump and China. And so as that announcement of the deal occurs and as it probably disappoints and as investors are looking for places to go with capital, as long as we're not in the midst of a collapse because the Fed starts raising rates again, as long as it's just a rotation, what you might see is a rotation into the cannabis stocks, which means they could go down with the market going down, but they could go down less. And it could be a time to be adding to your portfolio if they do come in for those reasons. So a, a trade deal that happens or doesn't happen, let's say there's a deal with, oh, there's no trade deal and people panic. But guess what? Nobody cares about that in, in the cannabis space. So the panic could be short-lived. It could be a one-day event, and that could give you an opportunity to put money to work. So we are at a very risky point right now when it comes to Trump and China. And so what you want to do in your portfolio is look for investments that really over a 
you know, longer term period, inter- intermediate term period, they have no impact from what that deal is. Those are my thoughts for today. I hope they help you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for keeping me honest. If you have any questions, feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Brett Rosenthal. Please you know, keep our website uh, in your mind. You can look at it every other day if you want, and we update what our risk monitor is. I try to tweet out when we make a change, and you can know sometimes we make those changes on our website before I talk to you on these videos, these podcasts, so you might want to keep that in mind. All right, guys, take care. Have a safe day of trading and investing out there, and I'll talk to you again before the week's over. Take care.